So we are almost uh, running uh, or finishing our journey in the book or in the letter of Paul to the Philippians. Uh, today is the second to the last message where we are starting chapter 4. Last week we were able to see how Paul encouraged the Philippians to imitate his example as he, as he imitates uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that what we need to do as uh, disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ is having the same attitude of Paul, thinking not only of the things of this earth, but also of the things to come, the things of heaven. But today we would like then to see what Paul at the end of this letter is telling the Philippians and learn from that because we believe that in and through the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the Lord has something for us very important this morning. We will see that Paul finished this letter with the final exhortations in a very quick and rapid fire, memorable concluding words. And these words have something in common, echoing things that Paul has already spoken to us or to the Philippians and to us today in the previous chapters, but he brings again to our attention today. And my prayer is that as we listen to this word, we can rediscover the beauty of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then that rediscovering will drive us for us to want to seek him more and more and to be captured by him in our hearts and our minds. And for those that don't know him yet, that today will be the day of your salvation as you consider Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior. Would you rise as we read God's word this morning from the letter of Paul to the Philippians, chapter 4, from verses 1 up to verse 9. Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 till verse 9. That says the word of God. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm, thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Udia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is any word of praise, 
think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. And the God of peace will be with you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are your people that you have saved by the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ at the cross of Calvary. And you have said that there is only one life that we have to live, and this is the life that we have to live. We want that each day of our lives will count and we glorify our Lord Jesus Christ as we learn to treasure him in our hearts. Will you speak unto us this morning, Lord? Give strength to the weak, comfort the brokenhearted, rebuke the pride, and give grace to those that are humbling themselves. We pray that you may transform us from inside out so that we can indeed reflect who Jesus is to the world around us. We pray all this knowing that you are able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think according to your power that is at work within us. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I remember when I was dating Vitorina, like uh, just uh, at the beginning, uh, I didn't know how to drive, but my uncle, by God's grace, taught me, and uh, by the time I, I could drive, and right in the beginning where I, I, I learned to drive, she lived maybe 30 minutes uh, away from where I was living. I would ask my uncle, please, 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 give me your car. I would ride to Vitorina's place, take her, and then go and drop her to, the, uh, to her work, and then just run because my uncle needed to go to work. And uh, the question is, why do I do that? Because I loved her, and I wanted her to be my wife. So the proof of my love for her was pursued. And I believe for all of us, and you can recall your own love story, or even something that you had in mind in the past, even a career, goals, or something similar, that when you put your goal and when you desire something, the proof that you love and you want that thing will be what? Pursuit. And for us as a, a believers, it's not different when it comes to our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. If we really love him, we will pursue him. And that's why the message that we have today is the pursuing of the mind of Christ. Why do we say the mind of Christ? Because that's what we learned last week. He wants us to live as a believer. He has saved us in order for us to have another pattern of life. Remember last week we say that we need to live according to the rules of, of heaven. And in this pursuit of the mind of Christ, we will see that Paul in the passage that he is giving us, 
he at least addresses three situations that it's a reality of the Philippians, but can be also our reality. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will communicate that to us. Three areas of our lives that we need to pursue the mind of, of Christ. And why this is important for us as a believers. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 23 verse 7. That as a man thinks so is, is he. Alright. So everything in our lives starts with a thought process. Our affections. Our decisions. Anything in our lives starts in our mind. That's why Paul collects again the idea that he has already talked to us before in these exhortations here at the end. And concentrate it in one aspect, our thinking. He uses over and over again the term mind or think to give the main drive of his exhortation to the, to the Philippians. And I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit to us today again. So what is the first area in our lives that we need to seek and to pursue the mind of Christ? It is my first point in our relationships. We need to seek and to pursue the mind of Christ in our relationships. I take this from verses 2 to verses uh, 3, verses 1 to verses 3 in our passage. You will see that Paul started saying to this church that he loves them. See with me verse 1. Notice the words that he used, beloved. Uh, and, and he says also, whom I love, whom I long. He says, my joy and my crown. Paul loves this church very much. There is a special place in the heart of Paul for these people, for this church. And for sure that the church knew that Paul loved them. You can even remember in their minds how Paul suffered to plant this church, as we saw in Acts 16. He went to jail for them. He was beaten for them. But Knowing of this love of Paul, they would allow Paul to speak into their lives because they knew what Paul's motivation for them was, which is only love. And Paul then continues in verse 2 to rebuke two people, two women in the church. Have in mind that these letters in the past, when it was written, it was... Of course, we know that Epaphroditus is the one that took this letter to the church of Philippians. They will stand like we are today, and the letter will be read in front of the church. It was home churches, uh, maybe smaller than this number, but not very uh, different from the number that we have. And while uh, uh, the person was reading the, the, the letter... You listen that Iodia and Sitiki, they hear their name in the Paul's letter. And what Paul has to say to them. See with me there in verse 2. Agree uh, in, in the Lord. 
Okay? I entreat, meaning I plead. I, 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 I entreat, I implore, I beseech, I beg you, Iodia and Sitiki, for you to do what? To agree in, in the Lord. If you have your uh, ESV uh, study Bible with you, you will see that there is a footnote or a mark over there in the, in the word agree. It is the same word that Paul uses in chapter 2, verse 2, when he said to the Philippians that I want you to be of the same mind, having the same mind, all right? And we see that what Paul is trying to get these women to do is for them to sort out their problems. It seems that they were a problem, a personal problem, but it was not private to the point that it came to the ears of Apostle Paul. And I believe that Apostle Paul knew that this problem should then put in jeopardy, in danger, what? The unity and the testimony of the church of Philippians to the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, in chapter 1, verse 27, uh, Paul is saying that we need to live in the manner worthy of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And these women, the way they were behaving, having issues between them, it was putting in danger their testimony in their ability to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And remember, this was an apostolic church. Okay? It was Paul that planted this church. Some of us think that it is not uh, normal to see problems in the church. But you know, unfortunately, in one sense, and fortunately as well in another sense, it is true that in our closest relationships is where we have problems, isn't it? Yeah? Uh, for those that are married, we can realize that, isn't it? Some mornings, a silly thing can rise an argument, and then uh, there is no reconciliation. Between siblings, there are problems, not because they don't love each or one another, but in our closest relationships is where the problems are. But you know, God has put that in place in order for us to be able to grow and even develop in us every aspect, that every character that make us participants of his nature, when in our relationships we can exercise the forgiveness that he has forgiven us, the patience that he had for us, it is in our relationships that God will fashion us, will grow us in order for us to be able to reflect who he is in the relationships that we, we have. So in a, in a, in a wife and, or husband and wife relationship, I need to love and represent Jesus to my wife, but she needs to do that as well. Her character needs to mold or to be fashioned into the character of God 
And in that relationship that we have in the struggles, we are exercising that in our lives. So what this pushes us, pushes us to know, first of all, that we have received grace from our Lord Jesus Christ and also be able to extend grace to our partners or to the person that we have relationship with. But see that these women, they were not like just a simple members of the church. Paul said that these women helped him to do what? To plant the church. They labored with, side by side with me in the gospel, Paul says there, together with Clement. These women, was, they were partner with uh, uh, the apostle Paul in the matters of the gospel in the church of Philippi. If you remember when we preached uh, on uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 27, we see that Paul is asking the, the church in the, the Philippian church for them to stand firm in one spirit and for them to strive side by side for the faith of the gospel. And we gave that example that in the Roman, in the Roman uh, um, army, the, the guards would be like close side by side in order for the enemy not to penetrate. Sister Daisy, by the way, did a very good uh, note of that that I saw last, last week. So, but as long as the people that are in front in the combat, they separate themselves, what's happened? The enemy can penetrate. The Bible says that Satan is like what? A lion, a royal lion. He is what? Rounding and search whom he can devour. Meaning, when a house, when our relationships are broken, we are giving way for Satan to attack us and to destroy us. Brothers and sisters, where in your reality, in your life, the Lord is asking you to restore relationships for the sake of the gospel. Brothers and sisters, our marriages, our church, our families, we have the imprint of the Trinity of God in us. God has invested himself in us. We need to learn to solve our problems. But we need to do that with the mind of, of Christ. How did Christ solve our problem, biggest problem, which was our separation with God. He has done that by dying for us at the cross of Calvary. When the pain was deep, when the wound was still open, the Lord said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. Whom are you denying the forgiveness that Christ has shown to you? To whom are you denying that? Brothers and sisters, we will have problems. And guess what? Even the church of Jesus Christ with the 12 members, the apostles, they had problems. They had. Even Paul had problems. We will have 
problems. But the mind of our Lord Jesus Christ needs to fill us and change our pattern of thinking if we are indeed the believers and disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you wait the other person to change in order for you to extend forgiveness to that person, you are not acting in the way Jesus Christ acted by with you. You are not. And this is what's the problem with these women. No one wanted to give the first step. Full of pride. Let her start. And one would think in the house, oh, if, if she just said that word, maybe my heart will open. No. Jesus, he said, you take the first step as he did for, for us. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is saying to us, we need to forgive. We need to have the mind of Christ in our relationships. Go with me just for a while to Ephesians chapter 4. Like just before Philippians, you have Ephesians. And let's understand what was there, what was in jeopardy if that relationship would not be put straight. Verses 1 to verse 3 in Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, is Paul again, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to do what? To walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all what? Humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of, of peace. Are you seeing these characters that we need to exercise in our relationships? That love, patience, gentleness, humility, we need to exercise that. So difficult relationships in our lives are there for us to do this. As we absorb the character of, of Christ. And again, I want to make this very straight. That is how you were forgiven by Christ. He didn't deal with you in your sins. He forgave you. But in this passage there in Ephesians, you will see that we will not have to create the, the, the unity, but we need to do what? To maintain it. So who does create that unity? I told you that we as a church, our families, our marriages, they have the imprint of God in us. And when we think that our God is a community, our God is a trinity, and that there is love among them, there is unity among them, there is harmony among them, it means that that same character or this characteristic of the Trinity should be seen where? In our relationships. Mainly as husband and wives and as a church. And between brothers and, and sisters. Because that is the unity of the Trinity that we need to do what? To maintain. Now, see how deep and how serious is this issue. 
Don't take it lightly. That's why Paul say, I beg you. You know, Iodia Sintiki, I beg you, make this right. You see, Paul doesn't take places or sides in this discussion. Because maybe it was a personal discussion that he was not aware of. But yet, he is asking them to make their relationships right in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, we need to have the mind of Christ in our relationships. Now, see at the end, he says that the name of these women and the others were where? written in the book of, of life. Let me just make a, parent, a parenthesis here and ask you, you can read that home uh, at home when you have time. But in Revelation 20, chapter 20, verses 11 till 15, the Bible says that God has a book, a book of life. Over there, it is the picture or the account of what will happen in the future to all humanity. The dead will resurrect, and the books will be open, and the book of life also will be open. Only those that they, they have their name written in the book of life will be able to enter heaven and to fellowship with God for eternity. But those that don't have their name written in the book of life, they will be cast out in the lake of, of fire. I told you guys last Sunday, we are going somewhere. This world is not our home. We are going somewhere. Let's be ready and make sure that those around us, our family members, our friends, will have their names written in the book of, of life. If you want to know how to make or how your name can be written in that book, know that God himself has provided a way. And the only way that you can have your name written in that book if, is if, if you accept that you have rebelled against God and you surrender your life unto him, acknowledge that you are a sinner and coming willingly and embrace and accept God's word, Jesus Christ, in your life as your Lord and your Savior. And if you don't know how to do that, we can help you. Talk to people around here. Talk to us. We can help you uh, about that. Back in Philippians, we see then that these women, they were not unbelievers. They were believers. And Paul was calling them to act as a, as a believer, saying, In heaven there is no disunity, therefore put right your relationships. Make peace with one another. Extend grace. Extend forgiveness. Be patient with one another. Be gentle. Be kind with one another. In doing that, you are then re resemble or acting, living your life with the mind of, of Christ. As a man thinks, so is, is he. Brothers and sisters, we know that we know that we know that the way you think about someone is going to influence the way you relate to that person. Yeah, this was from Sinclair Ferguson. 
the way you think about someone is going to influence the way you relate to, to that person. If you think of that person as Jesus thought about you to the point that he gave his life for you, then you are thinking with the mind of, of Christ. And that is the challenge. I spoke to that to a person and said, Pedro, you are crazy. You are dreaming. I am not Jesus. <laughs> the person told me, yeah, we know. We know that we are not Jesus. But we can say that I have died with Christ. No longer I live, but the life I live, I live with the faith in the Son of, of God. But the question is always, are you willing? Are we willing to be this Christ or this example of Christ and to live like Christ in our relationships? Are we willing to do that? If we are not, therefore there is only two options. Or you are not saved, or you want to give in to your flesh and live your life as a mature baby, spiritual baby. That's the only two options. But the call that we have from our Lord is that we need to mature. I'm not repeating the message last week. And as we do that, we need to represent Christ in our relationships. Are we willing to do that? I hope we are. You know, when Sintik uh, uh, and Udia, they heard their name called. I don't know how they felt, isn't it? And the Bible doesn't say what <laughs> came after that. But I pray that we will choose the right thing. And we'll not forget as we uh, cross that door to make right our relationship, trusting God himself in his power for us to do that second we need to pursue the mind of christ in the circumstances of our lives in the circumstances of our lives brothers and sisters there is a way for us to approach every circumstances of life and the recommendation or the exhortation of Paul here to the Philippians and to us today is that we need to approach the circumstances of life with joy. See with me from verses 4 to verses uh, 7, but verse 4 is our focus. Paul says, and it is imperative, it is a commandment, we do what? We rejoice, but rejoice in the Lord. See that it is not only rejoicing, rejoicing, rejoicing by rejoicing. It is rejoicing in the Lord. But when, he says, always. You know, some of us, we think that this kind of commandment, it's not possible for us to live out in this life. But this is not putting God's word into test. Because I believe that the Bible means what it says. And I believe that it is possible, yes, for us to live this kind of life. Otherwise, the Holy Spirit, who had inspired Paul to write these words, would not allow him. So we need to trust and to believe and to desire 
to live this kind of life that God's word is telling us for us to live. Brothers and sisters, in a way that God has ordered the things, in the way that he has thought our life to be, and our minds to be, or our lives to be transformed, is for us to renew our minds. We read that in our open um, scripture this morning. That we need to present our lives to the Lord and to transform our lives by the renewing of our mind. Why? Because as a man thinks, so is, is he. But what then will be the information for that transformation of our minds? It will be God's word and his commandment. As we allow God's word to fill us, we are reshaped and we start thinking as Christ does. Therefore, our life will be transformed. Therefore, we need to say and to affirm that it is possible to rejoice in the Lord always and to believe this. I'm not saying that we will not have uh, problems in this life or time of mourning. There is a place of that. We just left Habakkuk, isn't it? He was also mourning. But what's happened at the end? I will rejoice in the Lord. Even if the circumstances doesn't change, I will still rejoice in, in the Lord. Even Paul, remember him. Like at the beginning, this church in chain with wounds. But what they did, they start singing to the Lord, rejoicing in the Lord. So that's why he has authority of doing this, of saying this. Why? It is possible. Why? I, Paul, I have lived that. But remember that he says that we need to rejoice in the Lord. Meaning that it is not us putting our eyes in our circumstances, but in our circumstances, we are looking to, to Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. It is in that way that we are able to do what? To be or to rejoice in the Lord always. And you see that people would say, Paul, this is impossible. <laughs> he says, no, again, I will say rejoice. And that is a commandment that he is giving to us. Do you believe it? Yes. Let's say yes. Amen. Lord, I want this. As I look to you, help me to live and approach the circumstances of this life with joy that comes from you. May the joy of the Lord be our, our strength. May the joy of the Lord be our strength. Then, as you are joyful, you will then be gentle and your reasonableness will be seen to, to everyone. That's what comes next, the commandment or the exhortation. He says over there that when you are joyful, when you are not looking only to your circumstances, you will be able to see and not and address the circumstances of other people. Was not this the same thing that Paul says in chapter 2? That in humility, we need, to count us other, we need to count others more significant than, than ourselves. That is gentleness, kindness, 
When we are joyful, not gloomy and grumping every time, there is something in us to serve others. That's what, what Paul is saying here. But what is the reason for that? Because the Lord is at hand. The Lord is closer to you. The Lord is coming. The presence of the Lord is with you. So you can indeed be gentle because the presence of the Lord is in, in you. Brothers and sisters, this is the time that we need to pray, Lord, let me know the inward reality of your presence in my life. Let me know that so that I can be gentle, so that I can rejoice in all circumstances. And then he dropped the bomb. He says, do not be, do not be, do not be anxious. This is tough for everyone, isn't it? Mainly nowadays. I, I grew up and I'm still working out on my anxiety. Like, and the truth is that it is a prideful aspect of life. Thinking that you can control your life. That you know and what you want will happen. In another words, you are trying to be God of your own own life. When we understand that the Lord is sovereign and that He is loving, a good Father that knows how to take care of His children, we will have peace. But only when we believe who God says that He is. While thinking about this, uh, we don't have time, but you can read Psalms chapter 4, the last verse. The psalmist is saying, I will, I will sleep in peace because you, O Lord, will keep me in safety. Even our safety. Brothers and sisters, life is too complicated for you to think like people say around there that you can be the owner of your life. This is not a Christ mindset. It is not. You know, one guy in the book of Luke said, Look, I will, I will build some burns. I will feel that burns and then say to my soul, Oh, just live out your life. Enjoy life. And what Jesus said, you are what? Fool. If your life is taken today, where all these things that you have said that I will, I will put together, where it will come? Or where it will go? Brothers and sisters, life is too complicated for you to rely on your own strength to live this very life. It is very complicated. Even two years from now, yes, I'm not saying that you will not have plans. I'm not saying that you will not be active. I'm not saying that you will not work. But don't believe and don't trust these things. Put your trust in the Lord. He is the sovereign God. 
He is the one that has everything in control. He is the one that say, you may cast all your care unto me. Why? Because I care for, for you. Do you know why we are ancients? Because we don't believe that God cares for us and that he can meet our needs. We think that we are the ones to provide for our own needs. But you know, Christ is very clearly saying that if you want to be busy thinking about something, seek first what? The kingdom of God. That's his mindset. Seek first the kingdom of? And what? All these things shall be added unto you. The things that make our lives anxious or as anxious. But how? How do we do this? Okay? He says, he continues, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by what? By what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to, to God. One way that we have to really release that anxiety is going to the Lord in, in prayer. Maybe. That is a big maybe. Our anxiety means lack of prayer in our lives. Maybe. When was the last time you prayed for your deep worry? One commentator says that the way to stop worrying about anything is to pray about everything. The way to stop worrying about anything is to pray about everything. Do we pray? You know, we as New Life Church, and I know it's a struggle of many churches, but we cannot just be okay with that. We cannot, oh, you struggle, oh, you struggle. We need to be a prayerful church, brothers and sisters. And I really challenge you, this is, if this is your faith family, First week of September, come for, for the prayer. Come. And every time you have time to be with someone, pray together. You know, again, this is the pursuing of Christ's mind. We do that. Why? Look, God is wise. And your wisdom you cannot attain. Or his wisdom you cannot attain. When we pray... It's like we are tapping, you know, when you have a, 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 a plug for the keyboard. If we want this keyboard to work, it needs to be plugged in the electricity, isn't it? You can sit there, Sister Colette, oh, something is wrong. What is wrong? But as long as she plugs and the electricity comes, the keyboard will function. Christ is the source of every piece. We just need to plug into him. And how we do that, folks? By praying. When we pray, like we say, let your peace flow to me. Let you live in me. Paul says, I no longer live by Christ lives in, in me. How? 
by prayer. But see, it is with thanksgiving. Remember what the Lord has done already in your, in your life. And ask Him, praise Him, thank Him, and, tr and trust that He will take care of you. Lastly, this morning, finally, finally, brothers, verse uh, 8 to 9, we need to seek Lord's, uh, Christ's mind in every aspect of our life, in everything that we do, in everything that we do. So Paul here is appealing his audience that they must embrace wholeheartedly these characteristics here in verse um, 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. He said that we need to embrace this if we are to walk a life worthy of the gospel with the mind of, of Christ. As a man thinks, so is, is he. But then you ask if this will describe a character of a person, these character, characters here, so these uh, adjectives that we have here, it will, if it will characterize one person, who that person would be? Yeah, you are right, Jesus. So in another word, Paul is saying, think about what? Jesus, meditate about him. Occupy your mind meditating about, about him. This is not saying that when we say meditate about Jesus, you will not uh, think about other things. But what Paul is inviting us is to think about other things as Christ would think about them. Meaning, think about your relationships, your job, your career, your church, everything with the perspective of, of Christ. And only then, if you do this, the God of peace will be with, with you. Turn your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, and we will finish there. This, is, was not, this was not the first time that Paul gave this exhortation to the church. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we will read from verse 15. The Bible says the following. Yes, to this day, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their heart. This is as Paul is talking about those of the old covenant, okay? But the problem was that they were hardening their hearts. Second Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 15. But when the, he says there that when Moses is read, when God's word is proclaimed, okay? And think about this. Whenever God's word is proclaimed, there is only two uh, responses. Or you harden your heart, and your heart becomes harder and harder and harder, and you still you become what blind to your own reality, or you submit yourself and you receive God's word in your in your life by obedience. 
So here it says, whenever Moses is read, when the word is proclaimed, their hearts continue to be what? Veiled. Verse 16. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is what? Removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Verse 18. And we, the one that have turned ourselves to our Lord Jesus Christ, with unveiled face, we do what? We behold the glory of the Lord. And when we do that, what will happen? And we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, our responsibility is only to behold the, the Lord. How we do that? In and through His Spirit. And when we do that, the Lord Holy Spirit will work in us the willingness and the power for us to be transformed in the image of our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning we will have the mind of, of Christ. Let's behold our God every day of our, of our lives. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, you are the one that can really transform us from inside out. There is no words in us able to change anyone. But as we humbly come before you, I pray, Lord, that uh, you will give us power, desire, and the ability to seek the mind of Christ in our relationships, the mind of Christ in the circumstances of life, that we will rejoice, be joyful, and that we will be a prayerful people, a prayerful church, and that we will desire to become more like our Lord Jesus Christ. You have said that the work that you have started in us, you are faithful to accomplish that until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe in it. Therefore, Lord, do your work in our lives and glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen. Shall we stand?